Hello there and welcome to the GWSC Eco Committee Podcast, Episode 1. My name's Jimmy and I'll be your host for today's show. On today's show, we'll be introducing what the GWSC Eco Committee is, what we do, what this podcast is. We'll also be discussing what the Eco Committee talked about at our last meeting, including the PowerPoint presentation we're about to present to Principal Jerry Schiller, recycled benches and signs on the vending machines. We'll finish it off with a rant about a certain large organisation and being your own activist. Stay tuned. That was Technocracy by Out of Tune. You are listening to the GWSC Eco Committee podcast. This is our first ever episode, so today's show will be an introduction to the GWSC Eco Committee. So, what is the Glen Waverley Secondary College Eco Committee? Well, as the name suggests, we are a student run eco committee or environment club in Glen Waverley Secondary College in Melbourne, Australia, committed to making our school more environmentally sustainable. Any student or teacher is allowed to attend our meetings, and all meetings are democratic. That is one of our core principles. That is, everyone has an equal voice. There is no one leader. Decisions are only made if everyone consents to them. All meetings are completely run by the students for the students, and teachers are only there as facilitators. Now, as I just mentioned, to keep things as democratic as possible, there is no leader but we take turns at assuming different roles, like making sure everyone has an equal say, being a mediator during meetings in case things get heated, and typing up the minutes which has a summary of everything we talked about. Every GWSC student, no matter what year you're in, is welcome to attend our meetings at T1 on Wednesdays. It's not a closed secretive society or anything like that. It's completely open for anyone to contribute and add their voice to. So what's this podcast about? Well, as I mentioned earlier, one of the most important principles of this committee is democracy and giving everyone a voice, and that includes making information open and accessible to everyone. That is the main reason this podcast exists, and in future episodes we'll get other people to host the show. If you are interested in hosting the show, just post a comment to this episode on our website at gwscecommittee.com podbean.com, no hyphens, or gwsceco-committee.wordpress.com, which is our blog website, or just come to one of our meetings on Wednesdays at T1. Ideas for the show are also very welcome. We're also trying to get some music on the show made by GWISC students, so if you're in a band or do music at school, you're more than welcome to send us a recorded clip of your music. It doesn't matter whether you're in a rock band or play the violin. We'll play your music as long as it's moderate to good audio quality. In other words, n- just not staticky. Again, if you're interested, post a comment on our site or talk to any Eco Committee member while on campus. Or just show up at one of our meetings. Remember, anyone is allowed to join and there are no restrictions apart from being a Glen Waverley Secondary College student. Eco committee meetings mostly discuss how to make the school more environmentally friendly. 
So on this podcast we will also discuss environmental issues outside of the school, including environmental issues in the news. We'll also be recapping all the things we have discussed in our previous meeting. So if you happen to miss a meeting or want to know what we talked about or both, or just want to know what's happening in the school, then listen to this show. That doesn't mean you should just listen to the show and not turn up at meetings. If you want your voice heard, show up at the meetings if you can, because every voice counts. So if you are a student at GWISC that cares about the environment and want to make a difference and participate in a democratic forum on helping to make the school more environmentally sustainable, then just show up at the Eco Committee at T1 on Wednesdays. Everyone is welcome, as long as you're a student at GWISC. Well, teachers are welcome too, I guess. Now on to what we've talked about in our previous meetings. One of the ideas raised has been replacing our deteriorating wooden benches with new recycled plastic benches. One of the major factors to, con- to consider is cost because recycled benches are generally more expensive than non-recycled materials like wood. But one advantage of recycled materials, aside from the fact that they're awesome for the environment being recycled, is that plastic recycled plastics would last longer and graffiti would rub off easily as it's plastic. And when they deteriorate, we can send them off to recycling too, and the cycle continues. One company that makes recycled benches suggested by Clara is Corporate Recycling, and their website is at www.corporaterecycling.com.au. Another company is Replastics, suggested by Ms. Greensburg, and their website is at www.replas.com.au. I'll post these links in the podcast show notes so you can access them. Another idea raised is putting signs up around the school to raise awareness about energy efficiency and the environmental impact of electrical appliances, especially air conditioners. (laughs) We are also putting signs on the two Coca-Cola vending machines at school, highlighting Coca-Cola's water wastage. Coca-Cola uses 438 billion litres of water a year, and also their large-scale pollution of waterways and soil in India leading to the destruction of the livelihoods of marginalised communities such as the Adivases, indigenous peoples, and Dalits, formerly untouchables, as well as the low-income communities, landless agricultural workers and women. The signs will also raise awareness about Coca-Cola's murder of over 70 union leaders in Colombia and funding of right-wing paramilitaries. The signs are already designed, but we still need to get permission from the school administration in order to put the signs up without teachers ripping them off, although I don't know why any teacher would want to do that considering Gwisk is a pretty progressive school in general. On the topic of energy efficiency, the Eco Committee has also contacted the computer technicians about installing software that can automatically switch computers off at night. And it's a victory. They are currently looking for software that can be used. One thing I'm sure the entire student population has been waiting for is new toilets as the ones we have now are quite disgusting and unhygienic 
and environmentally they're not much better either because they're not dual flush so the eco committee is also working to get dual flush toilets into the school which would save a considerable amount of water i remember hearing that one toilet flush uses up nine liters of water that's a lot of water so if we get dual flush toilets we're looking at cutting that water usage down to I don't know five liters of water <coughs> last but not least the eco committee is actively campaigning to get the school to sign up to Victorian government school environmental rebates that fund environmentally sustainable energy alternatives like solar panels for electricity as well as water saving initiatives as part of the campaign the eco committee is preparing a powerpoint presentation which we will present to a group of teachers including our principal mr jerry schiller that presentation will be recorded and will be available for everyone to listen to in a later podcast we will have more on this issue next week because um to be honest, I can't find the government website with the specific details on this. But I promise next week there'll be an in-depth story about this. Of course, there have been other issues raised, like planting new trees and using dual flush toilets. Oh wait, I've already mentioned that, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find those in our minutes, which will be in our blog sometime soon. It might take a while, I'm still setting everything up. Or you could have it mailed to your school inbox each week if you just come to the eco-committee meetings. So anyways, we're going to go to a short music break now, which will hopefully set the mood for what we're about to talk about next.
that was People Have the Power by Patti Smith. Now, before I start saying anything about what I'm about to talk about, the following opinions are my own and not those of the Eco Committee because I know some people in the committee have worked for and support the particular organisation I am about to talk about. So if you happen to be offended, I apologise, but remember, you are always free to make your voice heard if you do disagree. I found this article on an online forum, and I have no idea whether or not it's accurate, considering it's from the Herald Sun. I'm not a big fan of the Herald Sun either, but that's a different rant, because because it's from the Herald Sun, which is a Rupert Murdoch tabloid, we should always question its legitimacy. Now, I don't know whether it's a good idea putting this on the first episode, but... I'll read it to you anyway. Kangaroos should be slaughtered and eaten to save the world from global warming, environmental activists say. The controversial call to cut down on beef and serve more of the national symbol on our dinner plates follows a report on curbing gas, greenhouse gas emissions damaging the environment. Greenpeace energy campaigner Mark Wakem urged Aussies to substitute some red meat for roux to help combat land clearing and the release of methane gas from flatulent cattle and sheep. It is one of the lifestyle changes that we can make, Mr Wakem said. Changing our meat consumption habits is a small way to make an impact. The Eat Roux recommendation is contained in a report, Paths to a Low-Carbon Future, commissioned by Greenpeace and released today. It also coincides with recent calls from climate change experts for people in rich countries to reduce meat consumption and s- switch to chicken and fish because... Chicken and fish... Oh, right, because chicken and fish grow on trees, remember? Wait, so anyways. Because land clearing and burping and fighting cattle and sheep were damaging the environment. <laughs> They said nearly a quarter of the planet's greenhouse gases came from agriculture, which which releases the potent heat-trapping gas methane. Report author Dr. Mark Diesendorf said, Reducing beef consumption by 20% and putting Skippy on the dinner plate instead would cut 15 megatons of greenhouse gases from the atmosphere by 2020. Quote, kangaroos do not emit greenhouse gases. They are not hooved animals either, so they don't damage the soil. Close quote. Dr. Dizendorf said. Dr. Dozen, I think it's Dozendorf, said he was aware of the controversy encouraging people to eat Australia's national emblem would create, but that kangaroo was very healthy and low in fat. Quote, there's a small, small subset of environmentalists who see the kangaroo as a cuddly animal which should be left alone. They are entitled to the view, but more and more people are moving towards eating it. Close quote. Roughly three million kangaroos are killed and harvested for meat every year. They are shot with high-powered guns between the eyes at night. Australians eat about a third of the 30 million kangaroos Oh, whoops, sorry. Uh, 30 million kilograms of roux meat produced annually. The delicacy is exported to dozens of countries and is most popular in Germany, France and Belgium. 
the Greenpeace report has renewed calls for Victoria to lift a ban on harvesting harvesting roos for food. Kangaroo Industry Association of Australia spokesman John Kelly said roos invading farmers' crops were already being illegally shot. They are cold and left to rot. Kangaroo meat sold in Victoria is import imported from interstate. Australia's kangaroo population has halved to 25 million in the past five years as the drought has taken a toll on breeding and the animals' food sources, Mr Kelly said. Under a quota system, 10 to 20 percent can be killed for, meat and for the meat and leather industry. Aerial surveys estimate their numbers. And then it just goes on from there about Dr Dysendorf's predictions on climate change. Okay, moves like this are why Sea Shepherd split off from Greenpeace and why Greenpeace has so much money and why we should not be taking them seriously. I mean, they're shouting, save the whales, but they're also shouting, kill the kangaroos at the same time. Does anyone sense hypocrisy here? Again, I'm not sure whether or not this is true, but when I first read the article, I just couldn't believe Greenpeace would say something like this. This is an excerpt from Sea Shepherd founder Captain Paul Watson's response to Dr. Dysendorf. Quote, The Greenpeace position of supporting the kangaroo slaughter and its general support of the meat industry, one of the largest contributors to global warming, is hypocritical. Greenpeace serves meat and fish to crew members on its ships. Sea Shepherd ships are vegan vessels because Sea Shepherd crews live what they preach. I couldn't agree more, although I'm not trying to promote Sea Shepherd here or anything, I just think in general they are more consistent and direct in their activism than Greenpeace. <laughs> this brings me to my next topic, and I kind of stole this from another podcast to listen to, but I think it's important, and I hope, it, I hope they don't mind, that we should stop relying on large centralised organisations to do our activism for us. We should be doing our own activism, and it doesn't matter whether it's environmental activism or human rights activism or animal rights activism. People are forgetting that real social, social change comes from the grassroots, and it has been demonstrated throughout history. These large organisations I'm talking about are the big ones that everyone hears about, like Greenpeace, PETA, and charities like World Vision. Some of their campaigns slash advertising tactics are quite unethical. I mean, World Vision uses pictures of starving children in their ads to grab people's emotions, yet they don't try to fix the underlying problems that cause poverty. But people know them so well because they've done a lot of advertising on television, newspapers and the radio. PETA does a similar thing, but they use sexism in their advertising. In other words, they're trading animal oppression for human oppression. And they don't care about animals much either. They gave an award to slaughterhouse designer Temple Grandin, which is why I don't call them an animal rights organisation. Why do they do this? To remain popular? To not seem so quote-unquote radical? And so meat companies can maximise profits and gain the Peter seal of slaughter approval. Well, as for P Greenpeace, we've already mentioned them. These large organisations become kind of cultish for lack of a better term because you're not allowed to question them. I've met quite a lot of people in animal rights circles who will get all defensive when you question Peter's legitimacy. They will tell you that 
you know, it's the only way to go and whatever. But why are we talking about these other organisations on an eco-committee podcast? After all, this is supposed to be about the environment, right? Well, we're not talking about these organisations. We're just using them as examples to talk about activism in general. And that includes environmental activism, plus the environmental justice movement is part of a larger movement for social justice. And that is why animal rights, human rights and environmentalism, environmentalism are all linked. Democracy cannot be bought. You cannot bring about social change by simply paying money to large organisations like Greenpeace. I mean, sure, they've done a lot of great work, but we should stop pretending they're the only activists on earth. Same with Peter. We should all and can all do our own activism. And activism doesn't necessarily mean going out onto the streets and protesting. Some people aren't into that kind of stuff, but some people are. You can be an activist by doing what you are good at. If you're good at writing, write a book or an article or start a blog to promote the cause. If you're good at talking to people, talk to people about it. But that does it for this week's show. If you would like a copy of this show and other, co- and other shows or a copy of our minutes from our last meeting, go to gwsceco-committee.wordpress.com, no hyphens where you will find our blog and podcast website. We are working on making the show available in the free and open source OGG or OG format, as well as MP3, but for now, only MP3 podcasts are available. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast, simply copy and paste the podcast feed from our website into a program like iTunes, Juice or Amarok. Feel free to post a comment and remember to come to our meetings on Wednesdays at T1. So until next time, see you later and stay green. Le pape est mort et les gens restent pour leur tête.